this is Bennett Schumer on the campus of Huntington University. You're listening to Rooted, an in-depth conversation with interesting people and topics that matter to the Forrester family. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can find us by searching Forrester Radio Rooted, and you can also catch Rooted Sunday evenings at 7 on 105.5 WQHU. Today, I'm joined by Jared Hamill. Jared is the Dean of Students and Baseball Coach at Huntington North High School. Thank you, Jared, for joining me today. Absolutely. My pleasure, Ben. It's nice to meet you. How long have you been in the world of education? I am just wrapping up my 12th year, and that's really hard to believe, my 12th year here at Huntington North High School. Um, I I attended here as a student and uh, went to Huntington University for four years. Uh, and then uh, right after that, was able to, to get a job right here at home. What is your current role within the school system? I currently serve as the sophomore dean of students, which means that I handle attendance and discipline. Um, I also work with math teachers in our building um, and have the privilege of doing that. We've got a lot of really great uh, math teachers uh, at Huntington North High School. It's been a, a blast to work with them as a former math teacher and then jump back in their classrooms. Obviously you serve in a more like leadership role now. Have you like taught other things in the past? Uh, before serving as a sophomore dean of students, I'm wrapping up my third year doing that. I was a math teacher in the in the building for nine years. Um, I taught a, a lot of different subjects, everything from pre-algebra, uh, my first year, all the way up through uh, honors algebra two, um, and then some senior level math classes like finite uh, math and statistics. Um, so yeah, I, I ran the I ran the gamut of math courses and uh, definitely uh, uh, you know taught classes that were not always the students' favorite, the subject area. Uh, they didn't always jump at the opportunity at first to learn the math, but it was it was a fun challenge to try to uh, engage them in that content and kind of flip their thinking and see that you know really you know mathematics isn't all that bad, uh, and, and especially some of the some of the senior level uh, opportunities that stats and finite math provide uh, really valuable life lessons and skills for the kids as they venture out into the real world. What got you into education in the first place? You know, no, no different than most career paths. Usually there's, there's someone or a few people in your life who have a big impact um, you know, on, on your career choice. And, and ultimately a career choice is, a, is, a, is you know, a, a manifestation of your desire to impact the kingdom, right? Um, so, you know, it, it, obviously in education, uh, you, you see a tremendous impact um, that you can make and an opportunity for impact. And I had some really great teachers, and if I start naming names, you know, I'll leave someone out. Some great teachers and coaches um, who had just had a tremendous impact on my life. And I kind of started to hit that crossroads where I, I could have, uh, you know, taken a, a number of opportunities that I had at my fingertips. I explored being an actuary. I explored... Um, you know, the, the construction field and just, just uh, could, could have looked at a variety of things, but when I, when I really, you know, analyzed the pros and cons, uh, the opportunity to impact a young life just kind of uh, floated to the top. And uh, it's something that, uh, you know, there's a lot of distractions in education today. There's a, there's a lot of things creeping into schools that are, you know, maybe, maybe uh, you know, quite frankly, trying to detract from the real school experience. But uh, despite all of that, at the, at the heart is an opportunity to impact a young life, um, and that can come in a variety of ways, whether it's in the classroom, uh, in the discipline office, or in, you know, on the athletic field. Uh, there is an opportunity uh, at my doorstep every single day, and that's pretty cool. Um, 
So it's my understanding you're also the baseball coach? I am the baseball coach again here at Huntington North. Um, I'll tell you that uh, I, I, for nine years I was the assistant coach and when I moved into administration um, I got out uh, of coaching. Um, I had, I had uh, four young kids at the time and plus the transition to administration was, was plenty uh, of a challenge for me at the time. And um, our, our school had a, a void uh, here this past year. Um, and it's been really neat to step back into coaching and get to do some things a little bit differently, um, you know, as, as the head coach at Huntington North again. And uh, it's been a blast uh, to be back in Viking baseball and a program that has given me a lot and uh, just a, a, just pro hopefully provide a really valuable uh, experience for the young men in our community. So how did you get how did you get that opportunity to become the head coach? Yeah, so I, I'll tell you, I was a, an assistant coach for six years. I uh, worked for three different head coaches, learned a lot from each of them. Um, had an opportunity then, uh, uh, you know, after those six years to take over the program and uh, did so in 2017. Um, and just uh, just ha had a chance to continue the rich tradition of, of what we call Viking baseball. Um, we built our program uh, on what I, what I call the, the, the philosophy of win seven. Um, it's kind of cheesy, but we've got, you know, when I laid out what I want Viking baseball to be about, it was about seven core values and teaching young men about toughness, resiliency, character, concentration, attention to detail, effort, and professionalism. Um, and I think the baseball provides a unique opportunity to teach those, uh, those values to kids. Um, we also used the Win 7 uh, when I took over the program, and we still use it to this day because we're in a uh, conference with eight teams, meaning if you want to win the conference championship, you got to get through seven. Um, you know, there are other cheesy things. Our, our games are seven innings long, and typically it's win seven games to get to the state championship. So uh, Win 7 stands for a lot of different things, but most of all it stands for the seven core pillars of our program. In, in controlling those things. We may not win uh, every conference game or even make it very far in the state tournament, but um, hopefully the young men through the, through the values that we teach uh, in our program, winning those seven every day, hopefully it sets them up for success as you know, future employees and husbands and fathers down the road. Seems like you've got a tight grasp on your team there. We, we uh, you know, every, every day, every practice, every game is an opportunity and, uh, you know, t to try and uh, to try and keep building and perfecting that. Um, and you know, as, as a coach, I'm not always always perfect with my evaluation of win seven and in front of my guys, I gotta own that sometimes uh, and let them know where I fell short. Uh, but that, it's a neat thing. A team is like a family and you spend so much time together and, and uh, those, those, those moments are, are pretty cool. And again, it's just a thing that's at my doorstep every day. So it's a neat opportunity. So does being an educator affect your like coaching like ability slash like does it like help or like affect it that's a that's a really great question um and i want to make sure that i frame it um that that i i think you can be a phenomenal coach and not be a classroom educator um i mean a, a teacher is a teacher you know whether they're in a school building or not but i, th I do think that some of the values um you know in it in education. I, I do think it helps to be in the building. I will say that. Um, my relationships with kids, uh, I, can't, I can't imagine not being able to see them at lunch. Um, you know, we've got all of our kids in an athlete weight training class right now that is just phenomenal. It's high energy and I get to go down and, 
and be a part of that, you know, a few minutes here and a few minutes there and, and fist pound them. And I can't imagine not being in the building, uh, you know, as an educator, uh, not getting, you know, maybe not getting those opportunities or, you know, I have the chance during my day to, you know, pull up uh, a chair, you know, at lunch with either my athletes or kids who aren't athletes and I get to sit and talk with them and see how their day's going. Um, it definitely helps, uh, you know, your relationships, which, which is what, you know, really moves the needle in education. If you really want a kid to learn math or learn baseball or change their behavior and discipline, uh, it's all going to start with, with them having a good relationship with you. What is your educational history? Yeah, so I uh, graduated from Huntington North High School in 2006. Uh, I attended uh, Huntington University where I majored in math and math education. Um, as I said previously, I toyed around with being an actuary, um, almost took the first test, but just decided sitting in a cubicle uh, wasn't really for me. Um, got back, or excuse me, then I came back to Huntington North and I immediately started working on my master's degree uh, through Ball State. Um, I got my master's in educational administration in 2012 from Ball State University. Um, and then I, I just kind of tried to wait for that right fit. Um, you know, administratively, I was never beaten down the door uh, to get into administration. I was pretty happy in the classroom. Um, then I felt like I had that right opportunity um, and, and, and took it. And, uh, you know, then COVID hit and it's, it was a really, uh, you know, it was a tough time for everybody. I'll tell you, it's been a especially tough time to be a school administrator and, and wrap your arms around not only a school building, but everything in the world that creeps in, uh, you know, at, at that time and, and uh, you know, the, what COVID brought, the challenges and, and also the kind of the darkness that, uh, you know, not to be negative, but that comes out as, as a result of kids being at home uh, in, the, in the struggles of the, of the time, uh, you know, those kind of creeping back into the building post-COVID. Uh, I'll tell you, it, it, uh, it, it's definitely uh, been a real challenge, so. So, um you talked about COVID and how it like affected like a lot of things. How has your teaching and coaching style like changed since you've started, if at all? Yeah. So I will say, um, you know, when I when I first started teaching and coaching, um, uh, I was really, really a a hammer on the nail, if you will. Hammer, hammer, hammer. I'd identify what needed to improve and hammer, hammer, hammer at it. Um, and, and, all, and really, really strive to seek perfection. Um, and, I, and I think that, I, and you know, I don't regret that. I'm not saying I regret that. Um, I think that now in my 12th year working with young people, especially on the coaching front, getting out and getting back in, um, I still, we still want to strive for, for, for perfection, but it, I, I think I am way more about the process. Um, you know, I remember, you know, coaching my first few years, I, I would literally stay up all night thinking about the next practice plan, and it was tough to turn my mind off uh, because we, I wanted to address everything that needed to be addressed, create a phenomenal environment for our guys, and like I say, I'd really be the hammer to that nail driving the points home. Um, I think I still bring that same attention to detail to my work, but I think I'm way more in tune with the process and, and, and probably much more mature and wise at, at, you know, parsing out what needs to be taught immediately versus what can wait three or four days, add it to a future practice plan, and still make the same point. So, um, 
you know, I, would, I wouldn't say that I've backed off with my intensity at all. I think that's still there. Uh, just way more in touch with the process and probably approaching things with the, with the higher degree of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And obviously with your coaching, you're like more perfection. Did, was that also like your teaching style as well? Or was those, was your teaching and your coaching like separated? Yeah, I'll, I'll say I, I think it's similar to the classroom, maybe maybe to a little bit lesser degree, because um, you know, fr frankly, your your relationships in in the classroom are probably a degree lesser than they are on the ball field when you're spending so much extra time. You're basically that those kids' parents in baseball season, where they're riding the bus with you, they're spending every weekend with you, you're spending so much time together. Um, but I, yeah, I would say it's the same in the classroom. I'd just have the kids 45 minutes. I, it's not that I didn't build great relationships with them. Um, and I would still hammer at the, at the mistakes of the day or at what needed to be addressed or what were flaws in my instruction. I would say it's the, it was the same as baseball. It just, it just, it's just a, to a, le, a little slightly lesser degree um, because, you know, again, it's not to say that there's no relationships between, you know, a student and a teacher because I, I felt like I had those. Um, it's just baseball is the most glaring because you spend so much time with the kids. So yeah, I would say uh, very similar analogy to what I told on the baseball field as far as practices and games in the classroom. Uh, way more uh, wise and, and you know, I might rather than hammer the points at the start of class, I might save what needed to be addressed for three days from now at our review um, and, and, and focus on the process instead of we got to get this fixed right now. You tailor your teaching and coaching to like students? That's a great question. Um, because if you don't tailor it to the students, and that doesn't mean that we spoon feed them everything that they need because life's not gonna be that way. But if you don't tailor things to their, their style and, and essentially their needs, you're, you're really not gonna get anywhere. Um, you know, whether it's math, and you know, I, I say all the time, you know, you got to get these kids to eat their vegetables, and, and math is like vegetables, and nobody wants to do it. So how do, how do you do that? Um, I think you, you, you again, what I, what I talked about earlier, and it's, it sounds cliche and cheesy, but if you have a relationship with a kid, and you can get on their level, and they will do just about anything for you, whether it's math, um, whether it's laying down a bunt in baseball, uh, you can, if you have that, that relationship with them, you can get them to do about anything. So rather than about, you know, how to, how to package those vegetables or how you, how you dress them up, I just think being real with them and saying, hey, these are vegetables. They're not good, but you and I are going to get through this together. Let's go, let's go, let's go do the job. Let's, and, here's, and here's why we're going to do the job, because it's going to help us as a group. It's going to help you as a person um, and just... Just locking arms with them and, and getting through that that tough stuff, you know, built upon that relationship. I think that's what it's about. Um, you know, you can you can jazz things up all you want, but vegetables are vegetables, math is math, and button the baseball is button the baseball. And sometimes none of those are fun. Um, and we, we're in a world today, you know, where where we I think we all kind of want things to be easy and. Uh, you know, it, it just just being real with kids that it's not always going to be that way, and and this is going to better you. And I'm here to I'm here to stand behind you all the way. Let's get it done. Yeah, I know. In school, I didn't like that. <laughs> You're not alone. You are not alone. What opportunities and challenges do you face teaching and in coaching in Northwest Indiana, Northeast Indiana? Yeah, um, 
Well, I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, it's a, it is a tough, tough time uh, to be in education. Um, I love it. I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a blast to get to work with kids. Um, but the, the path of the school has been plowed extremely wide in all the things that the school is asked to do. Um, and I, you know, I mean, not just what the school is asked to do, what the school thinks it should do. Um, you know, there's a lot of days where I, I kind of sit back and I go, I, oh boy, I remember the day when we were just a school. Um, some of that is good. Um, some, some of that, you know, the, is, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, good that the school has an awareness of some things that are bigger than itself. But uh, sometimes the, the, the arms of the school get stretched so wide that it's hard to feel that we're good at anything. Um, I'll tell you that is, that is both an opportunity uh, and a challenge. Um, and, and some of that's because of the last couple of years with COVID and some of that has been coming for a very long time. Um, and I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I, do, I, don't, I don't have the, all the solutions, um, but I, I do think uh, there, there, there's going to have to be uh, so, some kind of movement um, maybe, maybe back to what high school is, or back to what school in general is, and, and the points of emphasis, uh, what we are and what we aren't, because we can't do it all. Have you taught anywhere else? I, I have not taught anywhere else other than a student teaching experience at Northfield High School. Um, really liked Northfield. It was a great opportunity. I learned a lot there uh, in my time student teaching. Uh, that was back in uh, the fall of 2010. Um, so that was, uh, excuse me, it was the, not the fall of 2010, the spring of 2010. So, yep, that's the only other opportunity, the, uh, you know, the, the only other educational experience that I have other than uh, being a staple here at Huntington North High School. And like there was your like, ha like has your teaching like, kind of already answered this, but like, like elsewhere, was your like, teaching style like the same? Uh, you know, like, like anything, you know, with your craft, you know, maybe as you, as you do interviews, you'll pick up things from people, you know, and you'll just keep fine tuning your craft. Um, you know, I, I would say I have absolutely changed my teaching style. Uh, there, I was the king early on, you know, in, in my math career of using buzzwords and cute little analogies, and, you know, and then as my, as my career got on and I got experience to some up, more upper level math classes, I realized, man, I'm really kind of, kind of hurting these kids because I'm not using the right language, you know, I'm not using the right math vocabulary. I'm dressing it up and making it cute. Yeah, they're, they're, they might be learning and remembering it. But they're 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 only learning it and remembered it my way, and that's not that's not what this needs to be. It needs to set them up for success with their future. So, you know, I, I, that was just one example of uh, you know something that I you know kind of humbly look back on, maybe messing kids up a little bit. You know what I mean? I was teaching them what they needed to learn, but uh, in my almost in my own you know little selfish way that worked in my own little classroom. Uh, where the where I needed to use appropriate math terminology that would, you know, help them as they transition to other teachers' math classrooms, you know, different from my own. Yeah. Obviously, you've been here for quite many years. Do you always plan on being in this school you're currently at, or like, if say another opportunity came from a different school, would you like consider it? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, you know, I, I, I love it here. Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I think anybody with any wisdom is foolish to say, this is what I'm going to do forever. Um, you know, I have no plans, but, you know, God opens doors and closes doors for a reason. And, uh, you know, I, I've just learned in my life, you know, just to, to watch for those doors. Um, and, I, and again, like I say, I think anybody with any wisdom who could tell you what they're doing, you know, 10 years from now, um, you know, I just don't think you hear people of wisdom talk that way. So that's kind of the way I want to live my life. Um, I'm, I'm open to about anything. And, uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes you've got you to put your money where your mouth is. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm very comfortable here and, and uh, know, know a, a, a whole lot of people in this community. Um, you know, but uh, I won't go so far as to say that I am stuck or tied here. So who knows what doors will open up? You know, that's kind of how you have to live sometimes. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> right. Um, what challenges? Ha what challenges have you faced, like as an educator, and how have you like overcame them? Yeah, um, I'll tell you everything. You know, everything from my my teaching style being pushed. I hinted at that. You know, a, a, you know, a little while back. Some some of those are really really good types of challenges when when you're challenged to rethink your your instructional strategies or the ways that you you approach your business. Um, I'll tell you the biggest challenges that, that I'm facing right now in my role as dean is, is some of the stuff that I hinted at. I just feel like the path of the school is getting plowed so wide that it's hard to feel good at anything. Um, you know, in days like that, it really serves me well to get out in a classroom where the magic really happens and, 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 and observe what teachers, what good work some of our teachers are doing with kids. Um, you know, get out and talk to kids and see those bright spots and, and listen to what's going on in their life. Uh, but the, the, I think that you know the challenges will continue to be, uh, in my opinion, centered centered around the role of the school. Um, you know, how do we balance everything coming at us, and, and how do we provide services for for the challenges, or how do we find you know outside resources that can maybe better provide those services? Because um, you know we we are a high school. We get these kids seven to eight hours a day, most of them. Uh, we can't, I think we're asked to be everything for them all the time. And, and, and you know, I just, just to be brutally honest, it sounds bad, but my heart wants to, but we can't. Um, we can't do it alone. Um, so uh, the, that battle will continue. Um, it's something that we have to wrestle with as a community and, and, and figure out what are we going to do with this? Um, what are we going to do with this that's in front of us right now? And uh, I hope we get it right because the, the, the future is, uh, is counting on it. So you mentioned like in the beginning, like you have many people who've inspired you. Can you just like name like who was like the most inspirational? Okay. Or like impacted yep. you in like some way? You're going to put me on the spot. And I'll, and I'll answer this. This answer is pretty easy. I'll say it's, it's Coach Diggett's, Russ Diggett's, um, who is now a staple at Huntington University and is, is at, he as well has been a staple in the Huntington community. We're so fortunate to have, uh, have, have picked him up. You know, I started my high school career with him as my baseball coach in, in 2002. Uh, he was the freshman coach and I was just a scrawny little freshman. Uh, and, uh, you know, he 
had a huge impact on me that year uh, as a freshman. And that continued as he transitioned into the head coach. And, and it continues today. Russ is still a guy that I go to breakfast with, just a, a, a person of faith and of wisdom, a uh, great mentor, and uh, you know, just a guy you can, you can talk about teaching and coaching kids with uh, who, who gets that big picture. Um, so yeah, he has and cont has continued to have and will always have, uh, you know, a big, a big part in my life. And, and, you know, when, when you, when you look at the, the Mount Rushmore of, of educators, in my opinion, uh, he is, uh, certainly on that in my life. So, uh, definitely have stolen a lot from him in the coaching world and teaching world and, uh, administrative world and dad world and all, you know, all that stuff. Just a, just a great guy to, to, to be around. Uh, I'm sure if he listens to this, he'll he'll appreciate that. Uh, he'll probably knowing Russ, he'll probably hope that you would edit that out. He'll be a little embarrassed, but uh, he's a he's a phenomenal, uh, you know, a phenomenal Viking, a phenomenal Forester. You've like touched bases like on this like throughout, but like, what has helped you be like a better like educator and coach? Honestly, some of the some of the adversity uh, that I faced, um, you know, I've, I've had. I say that makes it sound like I've had a tough life. I've got. I've had a very easy life compared to a lot of these kids. But some of my most powerful teaching moments are when I am able to tell a kid about, you know, not not to make it about me, but here's an experience that I had, and here's how I got through it. Um, whether that was an injury, whether that was being told no, you're not good enough to play or start right now. Or that was told, no, you you know you're not getting this job right now. You're not ready yet. Um, some of those, some of that being told no, uh, growth occurs during that. Uh, if you can really quickly round that corner instead of sulk in the in the defeat of the moment or sulk in the negativity, you know, right before you walked in, I you know I, I actually kind of had you wait in the lobby for a minute. I was on the phone with a young man who um, had an injury this weekend, and he's he's a phenomenal. He's actually going to go into education. So in my head, I'm thinking about. You know, the impact that some of the teachers and coaches have had in my life in that adversity. You know, one of the guys I just mentioned, um, and I'm thinking about, okay, don't miss this opportunity, Coach Hamill. Don't miss, miss this opportunity. you got a young man at the doctor right now who's had a bad day, whose season very well could be over um, after, you know, he, he dove for a ball this weekend and, and banged up his hand pretty good. Um, what are you, what are you going to say here? What, what, what are some people who said some things to you? And, you know, when, it, you know, as I, as I've gone through that adversity, I've tried to, you know, make note of those big moments and, and, you know, hopefully just pass the torch along to the next kid who's having a rough day, uh, to help get them through that and make it part of their good story. So, um, you know, every day that stuff lands at my doorstep and it just happened to right before you came in here. I don't, I don't know. And I won't know if I, if I help that young man and, uh, you know, f maybe still many years from now. Um, but I just, I just hope that I can, you know, do half of what, you know, many other people stepped in in my life and did. What do you look forward to, like, when you're either, like, working with children or, like, coaching or teaching? Hey, you know, most coaches and teachers will tell you this. You know, I, I, look, I look forward to maintaining those relationships um, that, that, that transcend the walls of the classroom. You know, being invited to, we invited to weddings or um, just you know, you don't you don't do it for the money. Um, you do it for the relationships. Uh, whether it's, again, whether it's you know, I get a, a wedding invitation from a former player or a player or or a student who reaches out, hey, can I use you as a reference? And it's like when you get those requests for references or wedding invitations, you know that you know you 
those students feel like they've seen you at your best. So that means you've gotten the best out of them. Um, you know, I always take it as a compliment when I get a reference call because that student is saying then that, hey, I didn't, may not have worked forever for you. Um, and, and, that, and that is, uh, I think, the biggest reward that there is. You seem, you, you remind me a lot of my wrestling coach. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I hope, I hope everybody has, you know, you know, someone like that, you know, a wrestling coach or um, just, so, just someone in their life. And I don't relate to all kids. Um, there's some who I just don't click with, but I, I always hope that there's someone in, in our building that, that they do click with because um, we all relate to all different types of people. Do you have like any final like thoughts or like stories? You know, I would just say, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a college student, um, schools are hurting right now. Um, schools need people to come stand in the gap a little bit, whether it's coaching, um, teaching. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody into keep, uh, you know, into teaching. Um, the number of schools right now that have, whether it's middle school or elementary, that have extracurricular options open it, it, it blows my mind and it's very sad because those are opportunities for impact and if you're out there thinking wow I don't really know a lot about this or that or you know I don't know what I would do don't sell yourself short um, if you are someone who can have an impact on a kid through a positive relationship when that motivates you, you can learn uh, a lot of the other stuff. You know, I try to get that through to my, my baseball coaching staff. I, I have assembled not just good baseball minds, I have assembled people uh, of faith and who, you know, walk in wisdom. Um, and the baseball philosophy stuff, that's kind of my job to, to teach them. Although, again, I work with some great baseball minds. Uh, but, but the, you know, a lot of times what I ask coaches to come on board, like, ah, I don't know if I can really teach at that level. And I just say, quit worrying about it. You'll be phenomenal with kids. We'll pick up on the other stuff. I need kid, kid magnets. So if you're out there and, you're, and you have any, any ounce of kid magnetism in you, uh, any desire for impact, Set aside all the self-conscious thoughts about, well, I'm not very good at basketball. I don't really know the most about it, or I don't know about, you know, involving, you know, getting involved in the robotics program or whatever. You can pick up on that stuff. Uh, come, come have an um, impact. Just give me like I'll tell you, schools need it in a bad, for, bad way like today. within like either your life or like um, school. System. I'm extremely grateful first for my family. Um, you know, I, had, I was fortunate enough, you know, I, I, I sit in this seat and I, and I work with kids from a lot of broken homes. I'll start with my parents. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a great home, a stable home. Um, and, and, you know, every day I'm more and more thankful for that. I guess second kind of goes along with it. I'm thankful for, you know, my wife and kids who sacrifice a lot so I can do what I do. All jobs come with sacrifices, but especially coaching baseball uh, again this year. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of days that, that dad is, uh, you know, has to call and say goodnight or is away from home. That's really tough. It's tough with four really, really little kids at home uh, who don't always understand. But I'm grateful for them for coloring me good luck pictures and for my wife for just being fantastic. I wouldn't do it if she wasn't, wasn't a rock star at home. So um, then I guess the, the, the third is I, you know, I've already kind of touched us, but I'm just thankful for all the... You know, I, I've tried to be a sponge in life, um, a sponge of, you know, people of wisdom. I was 
kind of the, the, the kid, at, you know, whether it was at the university or anywhere else. I, I, I had a great group of friends, but I tried to really latch on to people who walked in wisdom, um, who made good decisions. Uh, not that I've ever always made perfect choices or didn't get wrapped up in stuff and a little bit of fun every now and then. But as far as really, really having those positive relationships, I tried to, you know, really connect with people um, who walked in wisdom, walked in faith. And, uh, you know, I'm just grateful for, for God for putting those, those types of people in my life, um, you know, and giving me the experiences that I've had and the opportunities that I've had. Well, our time has come to an end. Thank you, Jared, for joining me on this episode of Rooted. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to sit down with you today, Bennett. And thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, you can listen to Forrester Radio over the air in Huntington on 105.5 WQHU or stream us anytime, anywhere on ForresterRadio.com. Stay rooted.